Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sowers here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt, coming at you with, uh, I guess maybe what might be the the final to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna drop a bombshell on you today. Um, but first, I have to get a uh, something out of the way. So last week's podcast, I talked with my son Eli about his uh, National Powerlifting League journey, and I gave shout outs to uh, Scott Tully. And made a really huge mistake because I didn't also think Felicia Davis because she spent quite a bit of time like training Eli several days in the gym and just going over commands with him, answering his questions, answering my questions. And then she also delivered the equipment from uh, Scott's gym uh, to Eli for for the powerlifting meet. So uh, I sincerely apologize, Felicia, and I just want to take the time to uh, say thank you for that. I'll let Nate drop the bombshell. <laughs> He's like, ah, okay. So uh, me and Nick kind of got to talking. And with just the things that have been going on in our, our lives between Lux and High Point and the Coalition and just everything that is going on, um, I approached Nick about it and I said, hey, man, I don't know if I can continue down this path that we're going because I'm – I just – the way I explained it is just like I feel like a rubber band being stretched to the limit that's about to snap. And I felt like I needed to cut some stuff out of my life, at least for a little while, um, to really focus on the things that are um, not necessarily the most important, but the things that are most demanding in the moment. And one of the things that I think we're going to cut out for a little while is going to be the podcast. Um and I don't know, this isn't like, I would say this isn't a goodbye. This is a, probably a, a see you later podcast. Um, but we don't know exactly when we're going to pick things back up. It may be six months from now. It may be a year. It may be five years. Um, at some point we will get back to it again. But we've got got some uh, organizing to do in our own lives and careers and that kind of thing. And at this point in time, it's just become like more of a a task for us. We we're just checking off a box doing the podcast and we haven't put the time and effort into it like we had in the beginning, getting as many um, people to come on the podcast and chat. And um, and that just, <clears throat> just comes from being so busy. Um, it's just kind of been one of those last things on the list and haven't got people to come in and talk. And so we just feel like it's unfair to us and to you guys that we're not putting in 100% effort all the time. Well, I think we're also putting our money where our mouth is because we've spent time in the podcast saying, you know, like budget your time, uh, you know, basically, you know, just budget your time. Sometimes no can be the most powerful thing in your vocabulary. Um, just, you know, and then do this in your business, do that in your business, do this in your life, do that in your life. And I think uh, – what we're ultimately doing is just kind of putting our money where our mouth is in the sense of, um, you know, the projects that Nader is working on with, with Lux and also with the cannabis coalition that benefits high point farms. Um, well, you uh, wants to benefit high point farms. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the legislation will turn that way. We'll see what happens. But, uh, but you know, it is, you know, those are the things that grow him and his business. Um, and those are the things that, you know, I think should, you know, he should focus on. And and for me, I was telling him it's kind of bittersweet in the sense of I feel like my mother pointed out to me that this podcast is likely 
more, you know, therapy for me than it is anyone else. And I would have to agree that there have been many times I've stepped out of this podcast studio and felt better than when I walked in. And so it's going to be bitter in the sense of that because, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed the time with Nate and then all the people that we've had on here. I mean, I can't think of any negative experience that I've had in this room. And so, but then the sweet part is, like Nate said, you know, it became almost like just this task that we had to do. Um, and it wasn't being given the attention that it deserved. Um, and that's not pointed at anyone's direction. I mean, that's, we're in this together. That's, that's both of us. And so I wasn't necessarily enjoying like having to get done recording a podcast on Sunday night. Cause that just kind of seemed to be the, um, it's the time we both had free yeah. that we could really get to the yeah. studio. So, and then, and then sometimes the podcast wouldn't upload because of the internet to like two, three in the morning. So then I'm having to stay up that late to edit it, but then I have to be back to work at 7 a.m. But then I'm having to come up with like the artwork, the social media post, doing all the editing. And uh, that part I, I did not enjoy about the podcast, like the editing and like posting it and stuff like if I had the money, I would pay someone all day long to do that. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it's not like it's hard. It's just tedious. Um, and with everything else I've got going on. So same thing with me is I, too, have a business that I feel has kind of stagnated a little bit. And that's me because I took a step back intentionally with with intention. Um, and then... Um, I mean, it's, it's still, it's still making money. It's just not growing at the pace that I'd like to see it grow. And, and then, you know, with the sheriff, that's the sheriff campaign. That's another thing that is demanding my attention. It's, it's an election season. Uh, my, my calendar is basically booked out until May, I think May or June at this point with campaign events and different things that I have going on, which happens on my days off, because obviously it's a violation of policy for me to campaign while I'm on duty. Rightfully so. I understand that. Um, <clears throat> and so my schedule's busy, and that is something that ultimately at the end of the day, if I'm elected to that position, uh, it is a raise for me. Not a significant raise, but it is a raise. It is more money. So it's something that grows, you know, me. Um, it it. I will tell you, this sheriff campaign thing, number one, has been an interesting journey. Um, And and, and anybody that's listening to this, if you're a politician and you want to run social media ads, have fun. It's an interesting endeavor through Facebook to get that done. Like, there's like all these forms and things you have to have notarized and proof of like citizenship. And like, it's it's crazy. Sounds awful. And um, so like those things take time, effort, and energy. Like I have to be very intentional. Like when I had to sign, get the things signed for like, for instance, I had to verify my identity through like my ID and then this form they have you fill out and then you get it notarized. And like, so obviously I have to get a notary. So that means that I have to now budget time to get with that person and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then like do all these things. So, you know, it's nothing for me like on this, this last, this whole, this last week, um, the, my three to 11 shifts. So I get off at 11 PM and I go home. And of course I'm like anyone else. Like I can't just, I go used straight to, to bed. Yeah, I used to when I was younger, but I don't know why I can't now, but I just don't just go straight to bed. So I might play a video game or two for an hour or two, but then I'm working on other things. Like, like for instance, I'm also taking at this point, six men to the men's encounter, which I'm totally stoked about. And 
So I'm working on that as well as the teaching or the testimony that I'm going to be doing during that. And so every time, so you've got like that plus my business plus being a dad and a husband and now running for sheriff. And so when I get home at 11, the earliest I've gotten to bed this this week was last night at 1 o'clock in the morning. And that was only because I was very intentional with my day of 75 hard of getting everything done. And so I came home, just kind of chilled out, finished my water, and went to bed. The latest I got to bed this week was 8.30 in the morning to then go back to work at 3 p.m. And I have just been dead this week, <laughs> like absolutely dead. But I also am a little torn on it too because like I'm doing a Bible study at church called Don't Let the Enemy Have a Seat at Your Table. And anybody that's been listening to this podcast for a long time has definitely seen a turn. We didn't talk religion in the beginning, especially Nate. Nate was definitely kind of more vocal about like, I don't like, like I'm kind of not that he wasn't a believer, but it was just like, I was, it was a little damaged, I guess mm-hmm. maybe would be the best word. Or, yeah. Just not really comfortable talking about yeah. it, you know? And, and so then we made that shift and that change to where, like we were changing, I'm trying to do my best to like watch my language and just be more intentional in things. And we made that shift and it's now like the enemy's like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I haven't been in prayer about it, so I don't truly know, but it just came into my brain. Like, is this the enemy like attacking us so that we stop this so that we have, we don't, we no longer have this platform that people are listening to, to where we can spread God's kingdom. So I'm a little torn on it there. Um, because, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, like for instance, when he was in the garden with Eve, he's pointing at the apple saying, surely God wouldn't keep something like that good from you or whatever, you know, trying to talk her into like, look at this beautiful piece of fruit. And like, you know, God made that like, that's like, he wouldn't keep that from you. Surely not like, you know, and then she eats the apple, so on and so forth. And so, uh, you know, for the sake of comfort and convenience, sometimes it might be easy to take a step back. And then now we aren't potentially spreading the word to somebody that needs to hear it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not something that what I'm trying to get there is just like, it's not something that's made lightly. No, this um, is not an easy decision yeah, at all. For sure. I've gotten teary eyed a couple of times already sitting in here. So <laughs> it's not, not an easy decision for us to make. And it may end up being in a few weeks we decide like hey we're going to re- we're going to change things up a little bit and do something or like i said it could be 5 years from now um but we're just you know extremely blessed and appreciative of everybody that has come on the podcast been a, like listens shared it like everything you know like it means more than you think just these two small town little kansas boys over a hundred episodes, and I don't know what are we at five six thousand uh, downloads. We're, no, we're actually closer to ten. Closer to ten thousand yeah. downloads. Yeah. Uh, let me look while you're talking. No pressure. Just keep just keep rambling. You know, More sentences. Like close close to ten thousand. We'll quote that from Nick. Um, <laughs> you know, we. It's just it's, it's a shocker to me that people have listened to to us over ten thousand times. You know that is. We're very thankful for that, and we hope that people learn something from something we said because I know that I've learned a bunch from everybody that's come in here and people have talked to us about it. And I just, uh, <clears throat> at this point, I think there's other platforms that both of us can use to spread God's kingdom, honestly. I do. I think 
with Nick moving into a sheriff position here in November. <laughs> um, I Actually, th- technically be in January. Oh, okay. The the general election is in November. Okay. Well, I just think I think we will have platforms that we can still talk on, and we can still spread the gospel, and we can still teach the lessons that we've been learning. You know, whether that be to people who come to work for us at Lux or at the sheriff or at High Point or people that we interact with. You know, we we're still going to keep doing the same thing. It's just. It won't be as public for a little while. Yeah, the uh, um, it's I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for words because I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of you kind of like helped. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm actually just digesting what you said. That's why I'm having the the brain fart moment there because, um. You know, there are more than, there's more ways than just this to the spread that kingdom, you know, and like the men's encounter is something that I'm involved in, um, you know, and then people that are in law enforcement with me, you know, I'm inviting them to go and some of them have continued to go and, you know, and even if they go out and tell one person and get one person one step closer to God, then like it's worth it. So it's not like... That's the way I We've look taken at a it. Too. Step back from everything. Like with the people that work at Lux, or the people we deal with at High Point, or our, our customer base. It's if we can leave an impression there, that impression is going to be longer lasting. I think than at least for now than what we're talking like just talking to you on a podcast. You know, well, and that's that's another thing I would worry about with you is like I don't want your business to suffer because of a podcast. Like that doesn't make sense. Like that. That is an exceptionally poor business decision. Well, know? I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> suffering because of the podcast. Well, no, no, no. It's just... I'm just saying like in the future <laughs> to where you're like stretched so thin that you're focusing on this and then like that is waning because now you're worried about this kind of thing is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, eventually like things will level out and part of that. I don't know about that. Well, the thing, the thing. <laughs> Maybe with... when we retire. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but like. Part of my worry with Lux was is like we get to a point and like there's been slow and steady growth from a point of getting business in. We've remained the same everywhere else, you know, so we're going to end up top heavy and the wheels are going to come off and I'm not going to let that happen. So things are going to have to change. Well, and it's your, it's, I think it's also your job to have more of that 30,000 foot view Mm -hmm. of. You know, you you're literally at the point where you're now getting, you're making the thousand dollar decisions. Like it's now thousand dollar decision time, and that's again we've said many times not to say that you couldn't pick up a broom and sweep the shop, but um, you know I think you're having that realization. You're listening. You you listen to that podcast about the ten hundred thousand dollar decisions, and you're applying the knowledge that you learned. I'm trying to. I it's think, hard. I think that's an admirable trait. It is very hard. To let go a little bit of those decisions. It is. It's hard to uh, empower people to do the things that need to be done. And the good thing is, is I've surrounded myself with a bunch of good dudes and people that I trust within Lux, you know. And um, I'm really looking forward to uh, this next year because it's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. Some of the projects we have on the books are going to be really, really cool. Don't forget us small people, all right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I won't forget. I don't forget where I come from. I promise you that. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the down the th- the thing is like, did you end up listening to the rest of that uh, podcast? I that Q and A. That Q and A F. Dude. Okay. So if if I'm if I'm just gonna be honest for real quick, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but this campaign has been uh, kind of a lonely place uh, because like my people, quote unquote, like law enforcement, they've distanced themselves from me, and and that and I did the exact same thing in election years with with sheriffs and sheriff candidates regularly, mm-hmm. and um and I didn't realize what I was doing, but it was just a self protection mechanism of like I'm not going to take a side because if I support this guy and then he doesn't win, then you're going to be mad at me. If I support this guy and he doesn't win, then you're going to be mad at me. So it's like. You know, that we just distance ourselves until the election's over with, and then we get back at it. And so I'm having the same thing happen to me. But on the flip side, like, the public support of people coming up to me when they see me has been resounding. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, it's kind of weird. Because typically in law enforcement, it, like, felt like the other way around. Because other cops get you because they understand why you made the decisions you made because they've been there, they've done that, they've made some of the same decisions. And typically the public is the one being critical of you. And I'm not saying law enforcement officers are being critical of me because they have not. But um, it's just been an interesting shift and I felt like very lonely because like people – That's the shift of uh, instead of being a cop, you're a politician. Yeah. Um, and, And out of all the things, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and it, it's, it's not like, I'm not like crying myself to sleep or anything, but I was just kind of like, whoa, like there's something I didn't like plan on. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I knew politics. I knew that I was probably going to be attacked and all these other kind of things, but just that like kind of standoffishness. I mean, if I called on the radio saying, Hey, I'm getting shot at, please help me. Like they're going to come running. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those people, they understand it's like, okay, he's no longer like, yes, you still technically work for the city and stuff, but yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you're an elected official, and you don't just represent that 55% that elects you, you know? You have to represent the whole 100, even if you don't necessarily agree with part of that 100, you know? Which is tough. Well, you know, and and that's another thing, too. Uh, If we just want to get back on kind of just rather than the goodbye of let's, let's give something, like, good to end on been listening to a phenomenal book called thinking like a rocket scientist and and basically talks about just kind of like you know the the moon missions and kind of like how they you know thought through all that stuff and he talks about how like remember how i told you the podcast about boredom we're not bored anymore Mm -hmm. and some of the some of the things they fixed about the moon landings and the moon missions were thought of when somebody was sitting on the pot or fishing or whatever that boredom well inside of that he talks about Elon Musk and SpaceX and on their like, like thing, like let's say they're having, a, they, they, well, I'm not saying let's say they have had meetings about rocket engines and how do we fix this problem that we have with rocket engines, right? So ideally, who would you bring in to talk about that? Probably people trained in rocket science, right? Mm-hmm. Well, instead they bring in the rocket science, they bring in lawyers and not to say, Hey, if this thing falls off and hits somebody in the head, are we liable? Not like that. They'll bring in admin assistance. They bring in marketing. They bring in like front desk personnel. I mean, I'm talking like into these major meetings Mm -hmm. because what happens is, and the same thing happens in law enforcement, 
there's a difference between divergent and convergent um, thinking. And mm-hmm. I actually wrote a blog post on my um, sheriff page about this. So convergent thinking is where you're out here in this big open unknown and you're working down to a solution, right? So for instance, the best way I can explain it in, in police work is a dri- driving under the influence, right? When I stop a car for swerving, a lot could be happening, right? They could be drunk. That could be happening. They could be a diabetic and they're just going to a diabetic reaction. They could be texting. They could be reading a newspaper. Um, their wife could be having labor in the seat next to them. Um, I had one guy stop the other day for swerving. He was opening a, bot- a, a, a bag of Dots pretzels. <laughs> like he showed up to me, not impaired. So a lot of unknowns, right? We have this big open area. This is mm-hmm. the, I'm talking about convergent thinking. You got this big open unknown. Well, let's say I stop them and they've got slurred speech, bloodshot, watery eyes after swerving. Okay. Now that narrows it down. Okay. Now I'm doing a DUI investigation. Now I give them standard field sobriety tests. They fail those. That narrows it down even more. Now I give them a breath test. They fail that. That narrows it down even more. Boom. DUI. I've got my solution, right? Where SpaceX differs is they do divergent thinking where they bring the people in that aren't subject matter experts where they like looking for this solution. They throw out all of these like crazy, unplausible, like unfundable, can't even think of it ideas. Um, so like for instance, they wanted to provide the early editions of SpaceX's satellites for internet were actually stratospheric balloons that they would send up into the stratosphere for five months at a time, and then it would beam down internet. And this was prior to them being rocket. Mm-hmm. And that that actually got funded. Somebody threw that out there. Hey, let's hook it up to a balloon and put it up in the stratosphere and just let it beam down internet. And then they ended up getting it. It was so loony, and they got it funded by Google that they actually named it Project Loon. <laughs> and what happened was they ended up putting them up during uh, like those islands that all got hit by hurricanes. They'll put them up and give inter- basic internet service to those so they can communicate with the outside world to get help. That's... And so convergent th- or divergent thinking is what came up with that. So we've got this like thing we want to do now. How or this problem? How do we solve the problem? No, like thing is off the table. Nothing, right? And so an, an example of that, that divergent thinking was I was walking with Dallas and Emily last night for one of our 75 hard workouts. And uh, yeah, I can talk about this. So uh, some, <laughs> someone, someone uh, allegedly, be careful here, someone allegedly dropped their drugs in a private area in Sterling. That's all I'm going to say. And I have to figure out who that is and then see if I can maybe charge them with the possession of that drugs, the alleged possession of those drugs. And Emily said, if you figure out who it is, why don't you just say, bring the bag with you and say, hey, I'm here to return some lost property. And I was like, that's actually brilliant (laughs) because you could tell a lot about that from the person's reaction in their body language. Right. If I were to just show up and do that, she's a nurse. She's not a law enforcement professional. That's not how I would have done it. But I'm thinking to myself, could you imagine their like reaction in their body and their body language and their facial expression would tell you everything you need to know? <laughs> Turn white as a ghost. <laughs> and so that's that's my example of that mm-hmm. di- divergent thinking and why you need to bring in people who aren't subject matter experts. Now, 
hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that I'm going to bring in some Joe Schmo that says during like active killer incidences, you should stand outside while everybody's getting killed and not go in because that shooter has rights or that killer has rights. So don't kill them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I want people to understand that there is a limit. I'm just saying that there are some solutions out there to problems that we're having now that because as law enforcement officers, we converge on, we've got to do this and we use traditional methods to solve those problems when we now need to maybe explore non-traditional methods from people outside that kind of look in and go, why don't you try this? Because they don't know the constitutional constitutionality, case law, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you try this? We'll try this. What about this? What about this? And then once you're like, hmm, that's interesting, now start solving the problems of funding, case law, law, all that other kind of stuff, and then make it happen. Mm-hmm. So we won't just say goodbye and leave you on a, a heart and a felt note there, but that's the same thing you can do in your business as well. Right now, you have some problems that need to be solved. Bring some people from outside that have no experience in construction, none, no experience even in business maybe, and bring them in with your, with you and Brandon and anyone else that may be discussing where Lux is going from here and ask them, we've got these problems, nothing's off the table, nothing. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care if it's billions of dollars, nothing's off the table because they may throw out a solution and they go, wait a minute, what about this? And it's a cheaper one. Mm-hmm. And then once you decide on something, then start jumping the hurdles of how do we make it happen? Yep. So there you go. Now, Boom. Mic drop. Now I'm dumbfounded. Speechless over here. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to end it on just like total negative because at the end of the day, this isn't a negative. You know, I mean, maybe for some people that are listening, um, you know, Tyrone, Dallas, uh, Scott, Ryan, um, Amy, Amy, what, Caden, mm-hmm. uh, what's a, I always forget the guy, Wellwinger. What's my, why do I forget his name? Oh gosh, he's one of your friends. I always forget. And I'm a terrible person. So I'm oh, sorry. Cub. Yes. Cub. Thank you. Sorry. I'm a terrible person. Um, you know, for those guys, it's like, man, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to miss like listening to that. You know, that would be like for me, Roanoke, Virginia is like layman church saying, Hey, we're never doing another podcast again. I would miss that. Mm-hmm. Um, or Andy's podcast. I would miss that. So, um, but we promise and, and I'm not a man that promises and then doesn't follow through. We promise this won't be the last time you hear from us. Nope. It won't. I told Nick and he's like, you got to make this promise. I said, I, my, I don't plan to. Hang it up for good. I was like, we'll just build a podcast studio in our Lux offices one of these days. Yeah, and to be fair, when when we did have the phone conversation, I told him I would agree under two conditions, and he agreed to both conditions, one of which was that we wouldn't just let this die and never do it again. Mm-hmm. And the other conditions between he and I, so we'll just leave it at that. So, you want to do the last outro for what could be years? What could be decades. <laughs> As some of the listeners are like, yes. Oh, well, I guess uh, this is our last outro for the higher points for the foreseeable future. Um, We appreciate every single one of your love and support along our journey of over 100 episodes in the last two and a half years. It's been, I mean, it's been life altering to me and I think Nick would say the same. And we hope that um, we, uh, Helped you just 
a smidge as much as you've helped us along the way. We appreciate every single one of you. Thank you, guys. Yep, love you guys. We'll catch up with you whenever next time comes. Bye.